Good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each of you here. And once again, I know we said it earlier in the service, but if you're our guest, if this is your first time at NCC or if you're watching online for the first time later this week, we want to welcome you and say thanks for joining us. My name is Aaron. In case I haven't met you yet, I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church, and we're a church that's passionate about making people and places new. And it's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to be up here on the stage and share God's word with you. And so I'm excited to be here this morning. We're kicking off a brand new series called Solace. And that may sound like a technical word um, and like kind of a Christian or a doctrine word, but we're going to make this very practical over the next three weeks as we walk through some of these foundational doctrines of the Christian faith. And we're going to look at how these things apply to our lives and what it is that God wants to challenge us with. And so the word sola simply is an old ancient Latin word, and it means alone or only. And so we're going to look at these um, doctrines of the Christian faith of Scripture alone. And if you're taking notes, that's what we're going to focus in on today. Sola Scriptura, which is Scripture alone. And whenever we talk about that, what we're talking about is that Scripture is the ultimate guide and authority in our life. Scripture is the ultimate guide and authority inside of our life. This is what we believe as Christians. This is foundational to our life, and we're going to see what this means for us day to day as we walk this out. So we talk about Scripture being the ultimate authority and guide inside of our life and what this means for us, how this shapes us, how this forms us. And so as we we talk about this, I want to make sure we understand what scripture is and what scripture is not. And I realize there's a lot of questions that we can ask or we can think through and we can't get through all of those today. And so let me just start by explaining this. Whenever we talk about God's word, it was given to us for a very specific reason. God gave us the Bible. God gave us his word because it's his plan of salvation. It's how God is redeeming and restoring men and women back to himself. That's the purpose of the Bible. And so the Bible is not a comprehensive history of everything that has ever happened. So even as you read it, we don't even get a full picture of the life of Jesus. We get snapshots, but it's revealing God's plan of salvation to us. Okay, the Bible does not answer every scientific question. It may or may not talk about dinosaurs, depending on how you interpret some of the scriptures, but that's not its purpose. It's not to explain every scientific mystery. The word of God is given to us because it's explaining how we live in right relationship with God and how we live in right relationship with others. And this idea of scripture alone reminds us that it is scripture that shapes and it's scripture that forms our life. It's scripture that guides us. So it's not everything else that's going on around us, but it's actually in God's word that we find the truth of how we're meant to live our lives. And so we want to start with that understanding. You know, we live in a time where we have access to God's word like no other time that has ever existed throughout history. And when you start to read and you start to Google different questions, there are over 5 billion copies of this book right here in circulation. 5 billion copies of God's word in circulation. It is the most printed book. It stands out from any other book that has ever been recorded in history. And so when you think about that, 5 billion copies, that means that it's accessible to almost everyone in the world. And that's not even talking about digital copies that are available. I mean, you can go online on your smartphone. One of the most downloaded Bible apps, the YouVersion Bible app, has over 300 million individual downloads. 
So that means 300 million unique individuals have downloaded that and and they're accessing God's word. They have the ability to look up scripture and to search different things. You can go online now in the time that we live in and you can Google what are scriptures about grace? What are scriptures about hope? What are scriptures about faith? It's not from a lack of accessibility that we don't know God's word. It's because we have so many other things that take over, that take, um, that distract our lives from actually knowing God's word. And so when we look at the statistics, the current trends say that less than 14% of us open this up on a daily basis. That's not just Americans. Those are Christians inside the American church. Less than 14% of us on a daily basis will open up God's word and will actually consult it for what we're going through in our lives, which means the vast majority of Christians that come into church, we depend on what's being said on a Sunday morning to understand the Bible and to understand how we live. That's a very dangerous place to be at. And so although we live in a time where we can have access to God's word, where it's everywhere and at a fingertip, we can find out what it says about the situations that we're going through. So many of us don't live like that. We're basing our faith off of what we've heard someone else say about what we've experienced at a church somewhere, maybe what our parents taught us as we were growing up. And we're not actually opening up scripture and finding out for ourselves what God wants for our lives, what his desire is is for our life. This is a very dangerous place to be at because this has happened in history with the church before. When you look back and you look at church history and you look at medieval times, not the restaurant that you go to in Dallas, but the actual historical period, the dark ages, God's word was not accessible to everyone. And so there are articles that talk about how a Bible would sit in a church setting like this and it was literally chained and padlocked. Because they believe that not everyone could read God's word, only the religious elite, only the scholars. It was written in Latin. And so only a few people at that time actually understood the Latin language and could read it. And they thought, you know what? No one else is qualified to. And so we're going to leave that to the pastor, or the priest, or the bishop, or whoever that is. And not everyone had access to God's word. And when you read about what came about from that, You read about traditions that were formed where people would pay for indulgences. And what that meant is if you knew you were going to sin, hey, I'm going to go out this week and I'm going to kill someone because they made me really mad. Or I'm going to go out and I'm going to cheat on my wife. I'm going to go out and I'm going to steal something. All you had to do was come to the church. They would tell you the set amount. You'd pay them a little bit and your sins were forgiven. And we hear that and we're thinking, man, that's so jacked up. Why would anyone ever do that? Why would anyone ever believe that. It's because they weren't looking at the word of God. They were just going off of the traditions of the church. You come into times um, around that same time where people would physically harm themselves. They would break bones in their body. They would whip themselves. They would cut themselves because they somehow thought if I can inflict physical pain on myself, that God will love me more, that he'll forgive me whenever I make mistakes, that somehow this makes me closer to God. How do you get to that point? It's because the people of God are not opening up the word of God. They're not studying scriptures for themselves. And so all of a sudden they fall into this thing of just listening to church tradition, listening to what other people say, instead of actually opening up the word of God, it's a very dangerous place. Now I seriously doubt we will ever come to the place as a church here in the United States where we do those things. But the dangerous thing is we can fall into other traps where our faith is not built on God's word 
where what we believe about our relationship with God, with what we believe about how we should live in right relationship with others, that it's not formed off of God's word, but it's formed off of what everyone else around us is saying. Church, that's a dangerous place to be in. And that's why this doctrine is so core to our Christian walk and our Christian faith, that it is scripture, it is God's word that is the ultimate authority in our life. It's what directs us, it's what guides us. It's why when you come into this building and you start to walk down this hall, there is some declarations hanging on the wall. And one of the first ones that you are gonna see, it says scripture shapes our lives. We want you to see that every week. We want that to be a reminder that it is opening up God's word. It is not what people around you say. It's not what the culture around you says, but it's simply the word of God that guides and that directs our life. This is so vital for our relationship with Christ. It's scripture alone, church. It's scripture alone that directs us. And so we want to do this. We want to open up God's word this morning, and we want to look at what it says about planting our life and God's word changing and shaping our life. And so if you have your Bibles, Turn this morning to Matthew chapter seven. We're gonna start reading at verse 24. And if you did not bring a Bible with you, you can grab one of the blue Bibles and turn to page 474. And if you don't own a Bible, okay, I think the average American household owns 3.6 Bibles. I don't know how you get to 0.6. If some of you guys are ripping them, Please don't do that. But, but if you don't have a Bible, you don't own one, this is our gift to you. And so you can take this with you because once again, we believe in the importance of God's word. But Matthew chapter seven, verse 24, and this is what's happening. Jesus is teaching in a setting like this. So this is the son of God. And, um, they're outside, they're not in a building, but he's on the side of a mountain and he's been instructing. He's actually been talking for quite a bit of time about the kingdom of God, about how we pray about how we love our enemy. There's some pretty famous passages in this one sermon that Jesus gives that we read about in Matthew chapter five, six, and seven. And this is where we pick this up as Jesus is concluding this message. This is what he says, verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and they beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. then he gives us a second illustration. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish person who has built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and they beat against the house and it did fall and great was the fall of it. So Jesus has been talking for a little bit. He's been instructing them. And as he gets to the end of this, he wants to give them a visual picture. He wants to paint some image in their mind. And he's saying, hey, I want you. It's vitally important that you listen to these words that I'm speaking. You listen to scripture. You listen to the words of God because it's going to determine how your life plays out, what your life looks like. And he says, there's two kinds of individuals in the crowd this morning. There's two kinds of people. The first is a person whose life is solid and firm. Oh man, this is a lot heavier than I thought it was going to be. I need to go to Camp Titan Fitness, you guys. Okay, let me hold this up. And this is the picture he's giving them. And he says, hey, if you'll listen to God's word, if you'll listen to what it is that I'm instructing you, it's like your life is being built upon this firm rock. And it doesn't matter what happens to this, right? Like water can fall on this. This thing's not going away. Wind can blow on this. And I'm not blowing that away. 
And that's what he's saying is he's saying, hey, you're going to face things in your life. But if you'll listen to God's word, if you'll form your life around God's word, if you'll read God's word, if you'll meditate on God's word, it will be like a firm rock. It'll be like a house that's built on a concrete, on a solid foundation. And no matter what hits you, your life is going to be firm. This is what God's word does in our heart. And so he's painting this picture for them. And then he says, there's other people that are here in this crowd. This is also heavy. And he says, this is what your life is like. He said, your life is being built when you ignore the word of God. When you come into this place and you only hear God's word one time a week and then you walk out and you forget about it and you don't apply what God is saying, he said, it's like this. Your life is being built on something that shifts, on something that moves, on something that flows. It's not solid. And so when wind comes, get some sand out there. He said, it's going to blow your life apart. Your house is going to be destroyed. When water comes, we were, Sarah, my wife and I were just on our cruise celebrating our 20th anniversary. And on the beach, if you stick your feet in the sand, when the water's hitting, what happens? You start to sink, right? Like you're not going to stand on something salt. You just start to move because sand just flows. And Jesus says, this is the picture of your life. This is what your life is like when you hear God's word and when you you read it, but then you go away and you forget about it. You don't allow it to be the foundation of your life. Things are going to come and they're going to destroy you. Now, this is what you need to understand because we mix this up. Sometimes we think this is a magical book. And if I somehow just hold it, if I keep it near to me, if I put it under my pillow and I sleep at night, that it'll somehow change my life. That's not the way it works. And this book does not magically make your life easy or make your life perfect. Both of these people faced storms, didn't they? So it doesn't matter if you're reading God's word. You're going to face difficulties. Trials are going to come. Things are going to be difficult. But he's saying, hey, God's word is a firm foundation inside of your life. So that when those things come, when hardship, when trials come, when difficulties come, your life is not going to be destroyed. But he said, if you ignore the word of God, difficulty is going to come to your life. And you're going to be tossed. You're going to be torn. Your life is going to fall apart. That's what happens when you don't listen to the word of God. See, God's word should be that firm foundation that our life is built on so that when we do face things, we're not destroyed by them. And maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, Aaron, I kind of get that picture, like house built on a rock, house built on a sand, it makes sense. But what does that mean in my life? Well, it's very simple, church. He's saying, listen to the words that I've given you and follow them. So what does that mean? That means every day you open this up. You open up the word of God. You read the word of God. You follow the instructions that he is giving you. You know why you believe what it is that you believe. You understand scripture, right? You're taking this and you're applying it to your life. So that means when you're at school students and someone says something of like, hey, this is okay. You need to wrestle with, wait, do I believe that's okay? Do I understand what God's word says? Do I know why I believe that would be wrong or that's not the best thing? Do I know why? When you're at work and you're facing a business decision, that means you open up to Proverbs and you gain wisdom for how you treat people in your workplace, for how you conduct business, for what God says about finances. You open up scripture and you study God's word, right? Because it's that firm foundation in your life. You meditate upon it. You think about it. 
whenever you're facing things and fear comes in your life or doubts come in your life, you begin to rehearse the stories of scripture. And you remember, wait a minute, God, you were with Noah. You were with Moses. You were with Joseph whenever he was in prison, God. And you did not abandon them, Lord. And what I'm going through right now, I see time and time again, God, how you were there for your people. I trust that you're going to be there for me. See, that's how you build that firm foundation is you open up God's word, you meditate upon it, you think about it, and you allow scripture to shape and to form your life. It's what you stand on. Church, not what you feel. You need to hear that this morning. Not what you feel because your emotions will go up, they'll go down, right? Anyone that has teenagers, you know that, right? But it's not based on what you feel. It's not based on what you're going through. It's not based on the circumstances that you're facing. It's founded on God's word. It is a solid rock that we stand upon. And so we meditate, we reflect on scripture because that's what builds that foundation in our life. It's scripture alone that is the ultimate authority and guide to faith. I once heard a great Christian leader, and I can't remember who said it, but he said, if you see someone with a worn out Bible, with a Bible that looks like it's been worn and used, it usually means that their life is not worn out. And when you take this and you apply it to your life and you open it and you write in it, you can do that and you highlight and you study and you reflect on scriptures, it usually means that your life is solid and it's firm because it's founded on the word of God. That's what Jesus is trying to get us to understand. It's scripture alone that is that foundation inside of our life. It is that rock that we build our life on so that when difficulty comes, we're not torn apart. We're not washed away. Our life isn't destroyed because it's founded on God's word. But it's not only God's word as a foundation inside of our life. God's word also is a guide and a moral compass for our life. If you still have your Bibles open, turn to Psalms chapter 119 and verse 9. Psalms 119 verse 9, if you have one of those blue Bibles, just open it almost right to the middle and you'll probably end up in Psalms and then you can flip a little bit to the right or to the left. Psalms chapter 119, this is the longest chapter in the Bible. Don't try to read it in one day, it is lengthy, okay? But the longest chapter in the Bible, but this entire chapter is about God's word. It's about scripture. It's about meditating on the law. And he writes, hey, God, your word is sweeter than honey. God, I look for your word. I long for it. It guides me. It directs me. And this is what it says in Psalms 119 verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. You want to look at your life and you want to say, God, how do I live the way that you want me to live? God, how do I follow your directions? Well, he said, it's very simple. I've written it in my word. And so whenever you're facing temptations, you're facing situations, you open up scripture and you begin to read God's word and it guides you, it directs you, it shows you the direction that your life should be going on. It is a moral compass for our life. It, it directs us and it leads us. And we need to understand this. God has given us his word because he wants to show us, he wants to give us clear direction of this is how you live in right relationship with other people. It's not just my relationship with God. It's not just um, me connecting with God and loving God, but it's actually, it impacts how I treat others. It impacts how I'm living out my life and how I'm living in relationship with other people. God's word talks about that. And so it gives us guidelines about that. It gives us directions. How do you keep your life pure? If you're wondering, how do you live in this world and not allow yourself to be destroyed by sin and to be destroyed by the evil around us? It's you follow God's word. You allow it to be a guide inside of your life to lead you and direct you. 
And many of us, we have a misunderstanding. And we think, well, God gave us his word to give us all of these rules, to give us all of these laws, because God's just trying to control you. That's not what God's trying to do, church. Okay, God's not mad at you and he's not trying to make you mess up. And so he wrote all of these things down just to see how badly you'd mess up because he wants to condemn you to hell. No, God knows your life and he's designed you a certain way. He's formed you a certain way. And so he knows the best way to live your life. And I truly believe that, that if you follow scripture, this is the best way to live your life. Now hear me, it's not the easiest way. Okay, church, this is not the easiest way to live your life. This is difficult sometimes to go against culture, to go against what everyone else believes and to follow this. But I believe this is the best way to live your life. God knows how he created you and how he formed you. And there's so many behaviors. There's so many things that we do that would destroy our life. And so God's trying to safeguard us. He's giving us boundaries and he's saying, Hey, if you go out and you become sexually active with all of these different people, it will destroy your relationship. It'll actually affect your relationship with others. Don't do that. If you steal from someone else, if you lie to someone else, it will destroy your relationship. Trust will be violated. That is not the best way to live with other people. And so God gives us these guidelines. If you want to keep your life pure, then you need to follow the instructions God's word gives us. He's not just trying to control his church. He actually knows what's best for us because he designed us and he made us. I want to show you what this looks like. Gabe, if you could come up here and help me. Um, real quick. Let's say you're in your house and you're doing a little bit of remodeling. Okay. And so you're going to hang a picture frame. And so you get a nail. I don't know why you would ever need a nail this big to hang a picture frame, but I wanted to make sure everyone could see that. Okay. And so you get it started and then you leave your son there and you're saying, Hey, could you finish nailing that in? And you're going to run off and get the picture, right? That's going to hang up there. And so you grab the picture and you come back and you see your son or your daughter and they have your smartphone. Okay. Your iPhone, your Android, and they're rearing back and they're getting ready to do this and nail that in. What's going to be your thought in that moment, right? You're going to scream. You're going to freak out. You're going to yell at them. Don't do that, please. Why? Because although this physically may, and I'm not going to test this out this morning, okay? This physically may actually hammer this, right? It, it may actually drive the nail in the length that I want it to be. That is not what Steve Jobs and the people at Apple designed this for, right? And so what's going to happen? Well, it's going to scratch up the lens of this or the screen of this. Maybe at best, at worst, it's going to crack all the way through your phone or your smart device. So you're going to freak out because you understand you're smart enough, even though your kids may not be, you're smart enough to know, hey, that's not what that was designed for. And that's not going to hold up. That's going to actually destroy what it was meant for. Okay. Give Gabe a hand. Thank you so much. You can put that back down. And that's what God knows about us, church. He knows, hey, you can do that. You can live your life in that way. You can follow that direction. You can go along that path, but that's not the way you were designed to live. And ultimately, it is going to destroy your life. That's not how I designed for you to be. That's not how I designed you to live in relationship with other people. And so God knows, hey, that's going to bring destruction to you. That's going to hurt you. It's going to devastate you. God is smarter than we are, church. He knows that. And so he gives us, he gives us these guidelines. 
And he says, hey, I want to make it very clear. There's boundaries, there's ways that I've designed you to live. This is going to give you the best life, maybe not the easiest, but the best life that you can live if you will follow my word, if you'll guard your heart and listen to what it is that I've said for you to do. See, it's scripture alone in our life. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 talks about this. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing this, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. How do you renew your mind? It's daily. Once again, you open up the word of God and you read on it, you reflect on it. Because everything else around you, there is so much around you that is trying to distract you, that is trying to get your attention. We live in a culture that lives in a way that is against the Bible in so many different ways. And yet God's word says, hey, continually come back to this. And so I open it up, church. This is what I do. And I pray before I read scripture, God, show me something that I need to remember today. God, I I watch television shows, I hear movies, there's songs, there's people all around me, I'm reading news, all of these things, God, but I want to live my life according to your word. Church, that's that firm foundation. And I'm telling you, God's word speaks of these things. These things that our political world is, is facing, how we treat immigrants, it's in God's word. How you live in right relationship with other people, it is found in the word of God. It's in here right? The issues that we see devastating, the evil around us, sex trafficking, all of this, it's found in God's word, how we live in right relationship with others. And so I open this. I don't listen to the world around me, but I open up God's word. And this is how my life is shaped and formed. It's a very dangerous thing when we allow culture to tell us how to live. Because you just look at the American landscape over the past few decades and how laws have changed in issues of morality, things that we thought were right, the sanctity of life, issues of sexuality, all of these things, they've shifted so much. If you just listen to the laws of the government and the culture around you, you're gonna be tossed back and forth one way to the next. And so that's why God says, hey, I've given it in my word. Told you how to live in right relationship with other people. It's in my word. It's this moral guide. It's this compass for our life of how we follow after Christ. The last thing, that I want to leave with you as it comes to God's word, scripture alone being the ultimate authority in our life is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. You can write that down and look at it again later. 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is breathed out by God. That means this entire book, it's inspired by God. God breathed inspiration into this and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. What's God saying? He's saying, hey, this book is meant to help you live in right relationship with me. God's word is the catalyst for my spiritual growth. If you're here, you're a believer of Christ and you're saying, hey, I want to grow. I want to become more like Jesus. I want my life to reflect the way that he wants me to live. Like I want to be more like him then church, you're gonna be someone who opens up the word of God and reads it. One of the surveys that we've had the privilege of being a part of, millions of Christians um, interviewed, thousands of churches now have taken this and what they discovered was what we should have known all along, that the number one catalyst for your spiritual growth is daily engagement with scripture. It's this very simple act of 
opening up God's word and reading the Bible, it's what's gonna help you grow spiritually. God's word is the catalyst for your spiritual growth. It's what's gonna help you develop and move forward in your relationship with God. It's if you love God, if you wanna know him more, you're gonna open this up and you're gonna read this. And so one of the ways that I want us to respond as we're looking at this of scripture alone, of saying, God, scripture alone's guiding me, it's shaping me, it's that foundation in my life, God. It's that moral compass, God, for how you've challenged me to live is simply this. Of we're taking the next seven days and we're gonna read God's word. And I wanna challenge you, don't miss a day. Don't miss a day. I know sometimes you do reading plans and, and oh man, I, I forget. And then all of a sudden you're two weeks behind. But I wanna challenge you to make this commitment over the next seven days that you would open up God's word and you would start this practice of reflecting on scripture. Guys, it doesn't even have to be a whole book. Like it doesn't even have to be a whole chapter. I mean, it can just be a verse, but reading God's word. And can I encourage you? Don't do it alone. Find someone else. I've had the privilege, you know, the technology that we have makes it so easy that I have the version app and every day for the past few months, Adam Shelton, who's over here and Jason, we're in a Bible reading plan together. And we take turns picking that, but there's a short devotional, there's a scripture. And then at the end of that, it challenges us, what did God say to you? And I know Adam's gonna read that. I know Jason's gonna read that. And so I really wanna think, God, what are you saying in this moment? What are you trying to tell me? Sarah, my wife and I, we do this. We've just read through Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon together was this last reading plan. Every day we're opening up scripture, we're reading a passage, and then we're sharing with one another, this is what God is saying to me. And sometimes I've read two or three chapters and it's just one verse that stands out. God, you're challenging me in this area. God, you're challenging me in my marriage. God, you're challenging me in the area of faith. You're challenging me in the way that I'm loving other people. And I wanna challenge you to do that, to find, can be in your family. Once again, if you're married, it could be in your marriage. It could be with some friends. It could be with someone else. Maybe you're in an NCC group here, but to open up God's word and say to kick off this practice. I know I've tried before, but I wanna make this a habit in my life. God, I'm not gonna miss over the next seven days and I'm gonna have someone that keeps me accountable. You guys, that's how we begin to build a firm foundation in our life. That's how we create boundaries to live the way that God wants us to live, to live the very best life that God has for us. It's when we open up his word, when we engage with scripture.